Hi, I'm Annie Early here with the RRS, and today we're doing a vodcast um, with Charlie. I'll have you introduce yourself and say where you are um, from, what uh, school or what business. Okay. I'm Charlie Meitz. I'm a veterinary radiation oncologist at the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. So that's kind of an interesting combination, having the veterinary science with also the radiation. Can you explain a little bit? Um, is that kind of a newer field? Um, it's newer, I suppose. Um, we actually have some pioneers in the group that are, have been past presidents of Radiation Research Society. So Mark Dewars was a, is a veterinarian um, and a veterinary radiation oncologist. He, lean more towards the research side, but has been a member of Radiation Research Society for a long time. Um, but I think we're starting to get some of the new blood in radiation oncology, I guess, so to speak, um, to be active members. So we have, I think we have seven veterinarians at this meeting, um, a couple of, a resident, a veterinary resident or two, a postdoc, a veterinary student, and then three faculty, four faculty here. Um, Colorado State has always had a nice showing, but uh, Mike Nolan's at North Carolina State and I'm at Missouri, so we're growing. Very interesting. So what kind of led you into veterinarian radiation? Did, were you more attracted to the radiation side first, or were you a veterinarian first and then kind of dabbled in it? Or? Yeah, I kind of was split. So I'm kind of an anomaly um, when it comes to veterinarians, because most, most people decide they want to be a veterinarian when they're three years old, and they, they know it, and that's their course. I was a little different. I, I struggled for a while, and I, I always enjoyed ecology and animal science and that sort of thing. Um, and I knew I wanted to do veterinary medicine. Um, but at the same time, I always had this nagging feeling that I kind of wanted to be an engineer and I was wondering, was I doing the right thing? Um, and then I found the nice niche of veterinary radiation oncology where I kind of get to dabble between the both of them. Mm -hmm. Get the, the best of both worlds there. That's right. Um, so the radiation research meeting, do you get to kind of um, reach out to people in the same field since it is kind of a smaller niche and everything. You get to you find yourself finding more people along the same lines that you can collaborate with. Yeah, it's great. I think I think veterinarians have a at our heart are scientists. I think that's kind of growing up. I always wanted to be a scientist. And I didn't exactly know what it meant or how to go about that path. But I I, I think a lot of we have a lot of passion in the science itself and the, this is always a great meeting for us um, because you know those those walls are down and we don't have those same barriers um, and we, we can talk just about the science of the radiation which we don't get to do at a lot of our own meetings at a lot of our veterinary meetings um, and kind of the big push that I think a lot of us do because I know Colorado North Carolina and Missouri our veterinary colleges are all pretty active in terms of translational research, and that's one thing that we've, we've always been pushing, and I know Mark Dewhurst always pushed it as well, is uh, using the companion animal as a model for, for spontaneous disease. So we, we always hear about mouse, mouse models of cancer, and then jumping from the, we, when they talk about translational medicine and drug discovery and, and going from the bench top to the bedside, they always say, we do mice, and then we go to phase one and phase two trials in people. Um, 
And the, the big argument that we always have is um, the dog, specifically the dog, but cats too, are actually great models of human disease. Um, and so they develop the same types of cancers, often with this similar mutation patterns, um, and certainly similar um, disease progression patterns as what we see in people. So whether we're talking about osteosarcoma, um, which, is, which has often been seen as a similar model, um, and we get a lot of support for that model. That's kind of the, the one that's used the most. Um, but there are others when we talk about um, head and neck tumors. Um, certainly the cat oral squamous cell carcinoma is a very, it's a good model of an aggressive HPV negative head and neck cancer that people get. Um, and canine nasal tumors, we see a lot of those, which are, which are um, we, we think are a good model, but I don't think that research has quite been teased out yet. Um, but we always, we always kind of push the dogs as a model of the disease, just because I, I think it, it can fit in a couple places. It can certainly fit preclinical, and it can fit post-phase one, pre-phase two, when you're really doing that planning for how you're going to design your study. Um, we've actually had a few studies, uh, cl veterinary clinical trials, that have shaped um, the way that the human clinical trials would work, and actually ended up saving you know, millions of dollars of what would have been spent needlessly because we identified, you know, an imaging agent that just didn't image what they thought it would. Oh, very neat. So do you find yourself um, collaborating a lot with other researchers that would normally be looking at mouse mole and then human models and everything, and you find a lot of overlap where you can um, collaborate? Yeah, exactly. So our clinical trials are kind of a, a mix mash of how they're funded. So some of them, we actually do have a clinical uh, comparative Oncology Trials Consortium, or a COTC, which is uh, an NCI-led group. Um, it's mostly for, on the medical oncology side. We're trying to squeeze in some radiation studies in there as well. But, um, so some of our fundings are from that, and NIH-type type funding. Um, we, we certainly get a fair bit from industry, where it's a drug company that's wanting to whether they're looking to make a drug for dog cancer or many times, often, it's they're trying to make a drug for human cancer, but they see the dog model as a very useful model. Very interesting. Um, so I guess just going back to the meeting for random question here, um, is this your first meeting you've been to or have you been to other ones? This is now my third. So. Third consecutive, even. So I've been a member for, for three years now. Okay. I've been to the meeting every year. So since you've been to the meeting for at least three times, um, from when you started to about now, um, how do you feel about the meeting? Is it really good to be able to collaborate with people? Has it been really useful to be able to come to the meetings and meet people from different fields but all radiation? Yeah, yeah it absolutely has. It, it's really very interesting for me to meet with the, the radiation biologists. We don't have, at Missouri, we don't have a radiation biology group. It's kind of me and, and what we have. Um, and we don't have the clinician side or the physics side really either. So, so being able to meet these people that are um, from all the different walks of life, be it the, be it the, the physics, the chemistry, the, the uh, medicine, and the biology. It's, it's very nice to, to be able to meet. And, and I think this venue, not this particular venue, but the, the society meeting venue gives us an opportunity to do that. 
it's encouraged. I think it continues to be more strongly encouraged. It's one of the missions of the society, and I think it's it's a really good focus. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else you would like to add? Anything you'd like to say to people maybe considering joining the society? People that are already in it and maybe going, oh, you know, it's just so hard getting the research out, you know, just kind of encouraging or anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I, I think it is a, a great opportunity. Every time I come to the meeting, I'm re-energized with all these different ideas that I have to go back to to the bench shop and to the clinic and try to try to get them going and and meet the the people to do that. I think it's it gets hard in this day and age where professionally you have to be a member of X, Y, and Z and three different things, four different things, and and it can it can be costly. It can be all sort of time consuming, all of the above. But I, the the passion of the researchers here um, really makes me happy to be here and makes me know that if I had to drop one, this would be the last one I would drop. I'd be a radiation research member for, for the long haul. <laughs> Good to hear. Well, thank you so much, Charlie, for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me.